Welcome to episode 147 of The Numbers Game. I'm Jace. I'm here with Nick and Marty. How are we going, guys? Going well, Jace. Christmas tree's up. Presents are starting to just uh, find their way under it. Uh, always a lovely time of the year, so yeah, looking forward to the lead up. Nick, how are you? Mate, going well. Just, uh, yeah, it is a good time of year. Limping to the end of the line. Not that um, anything's wrong or anything. Just, you know, you always get to this time of the year and you, you're looking forward to just that first few weeks in January, you know, floating around, drinking, not caring what you eat. <laughs> um, you know, working on the vitamin D intake. Um, yeah, looking forward to the end of the year, mate. But uh, all good. Looking forward to another numbers game episode. Jace, how are you, mate? Good, mate. I thought the uh, drinking and the vitamin D intake started around Spring Racing Carnival for uh, guys like yourself with all of the different events and things that you get invited to. Guys like myself, do you put yourself in that category or...? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was throwing myself under the bus for that. I feel like it's been a long... October, November, and, and a good start to December. Um, you know, they call it silly season for a reason. You know, there's there's always uh, look. I think it's this time of year as well for for people in business or even those you know working in organisations. It's fun. It's exciting. Great time to socialise and, and connect. And the weather's doing good things usually. A bit hit and miss, you know, for those of us in Melbourne. But the rest of us, you know, I was looking up north at the weather up there and you know time's good. And Christmas approaches. The the Christmas tree is not up in our place though. Uh, Casey and her sister are the the Christmas Grinches, so we don't get a Christmas tree, which I'm pretty upset about, but we'll have uh, all of the decorations in the office, so I leave home to go to the office to get my Christmas uh, buzz happening. What what, what do you mean you don't have a Christmas tree? Marty, it breaks my heart. Don't even go there. It's just they. Well, Casey blames the cat. Said, "Oh, the cat will attack the tree," but I just think they just both are the Christmas Grinch, and she doesn't want a Christmas tree. Bloody cats! I'm going to set one up when she's not home, actually. Bugger it. You've given me the idea, Marty. I'm going to do it. Come on, do it. Done. Come on, Case. They'll probably love it. They'll love it for sure. Yeah. They'll thank you for it. No, they will. They will. Uh, today, guys, Dashboard Insights, no matter your industry, your market segment, or your occupation, Dashboard Insights has a solution that can meet your needs. So for all of our listeners out there, if you haven't checked it out yet, go and have a look at dashboardinsights.com. Give you plenty of uh, data and figures and things to mull over over the Chrissy New Year break before you crack into the new year and get your business running at its absolute peak performance. Uh, Nick... What do we have on today's episode? Today, I want to talk about superannuation, the exciting topic of superannuation. Um, and I thought it was relevant, and we're going to take a bit of a different approach and maybe a not-so-popular one compared to uh, what, what we hear out there and what we've learnt um, over the years around the importance of super and actually what we've preached on this podcast around the importance of super. Uh, but the reality is at the moment, the times are tough for people, um, you know, rate rise after rate rise, um, household savings on the decline compared to where they were throughout COVID. And I think the RBA has recently released some, uh, released some stats that suggest that now 15% of households uh, cannot afford to meet their monthly expenses, which is a big problem. Um, we have a, another wave of fixed interest Home loans coming out next year. Um, I'd suggest that's probably the people that were fixed for three years. We've had a wave this year of those that were originally fixed for two years. Um, some people took three-year fixed rates. So they're all going to come out uh, next year and they're going to get a rude shock as far as their repayments go. So um, 
a question that I had the other week, and I just thought it'd be interesting to chat to you boys about it. But the question was, can I get early access to my super um, if I'm in trouble, whether it be financial trouble or medical trouble or, or whatnot? Um, and it's something that I think not many people know that they can get access to their super. And if they do know, they don't really know the ins and outs of um, how it works and what they can get access to. So I thought it'd be interesting just to, to cover off some of the reasons um, where you can access your super at an early age, as in you haven't retired yet or you haven't reached preservation age. Um, and I'll start by saying it's an absolute worst case or last resort. Um, obviously, your super is there for a reason, that reason being to, to fund your retirement. Um, and we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, but what we're seeing now in 2023 and beyond is the benefit the superannuation system has. Uh, we all the baby boomers coming through to retirement and and being well and truly in a good position uh, to retire. And they can, uh, a lot of that's because of the superannuation system that was bought in, in the 80s or made compulsory in the 80s. So very important and accessing it early has to be a very last resort, which is why I was very frustrated through COVID when they, um, they brought out the rules where you could take 10,000 out and anyone could do it basically. So, but in saying that, um, for some people, it might be the only option. So I thought we'd cover off on some of the, some of the reasons why. Um, you can get access to it. And I'll also say that they don't make it easy. So just as I've mentioned um, then around the importance of super, the government and the superannuation funds also have the same uh, the same view that super is in very important. So they don't make it easy for you to access it, um, but there are options out there. So one of those first options is a release of super on compassionate grounds. And compassionate grounds covers a few things. Um, the first one is paying for medical treatment or transport for your you or your dependent. So your dependent being um, husband, wife, or your your children. Um, making a payment on your mortgage or council rates um, so you don't lose your home. Um, obviously, it must be uh, your house and not um, someone else's, and it must also be your own or occupied home and not an investment property. Um, but if you're at the point where you're at risk of losing your house uh, because of mortgage or rates payments, you can have early access to your super to bring that up to speed. Uh, there's a rule around that, which is a max of three months of repayments plus 12 months um, of loan interest. And the other thing to remember here is this is the ATO rulings. The individual super funds also have their own rulings on on what you can pull super out for. Um, another one is expenses to accommodate yourself or a dependent with a severe disability. Um, so things like payments to modify your car or your home if someone is disabled. Um, the purchase of a modified car, I just mentioned that, sorry, and the purchase of disability aids. So all these things that are absolute necessities um, that you and you literally don't have the money to, to access these things. And when I say you don't have the money, um, the, the rulings are you, you don't have savings and you also cannot borrow it. Um, if you've got the ability to get a loan, they would rather you do that first. Um, another one is paying for palliative care for yourself or your dependent. So things like accommodation cost, um, calative care service providers, um, and calative uh, care management costs are all things that you can you, you can gain access to your super for. And this is the last one for compassion and grounds, but paying for the death, funeral, or burial expenses of a dependent. 
Um, so things like um, funeral service, um, burial, burial or cremation fees. These are all things that are covered under compassionate grounds. So there's a few others which I want to talk about, but just your original thoughts on this and, you know, do you think um, this is something people should consider? Do you think it's a good thing that we have this option available? Obviously, there's trillions of dollars sitting in the superannuation environment. So, um, you know, for a lot of people, particularly in their 20s or 30s, they might not be able to touch it for 30-odd years. So what's, what's your initial thoughts? I'm glad you're sharing because a lot of that I, I, I have never heard anyone talk about or bring up. So I think it's important, especially heading into some pretty difficult times when it comes to living expenses. And as you touched on, you know, nearly nearly a quarter or a fifth of homeowners are struggling to afford their repayments at the moment. So you can only imagine that if you then ended up in a in a difficult situation and thought you're going to lose your home and thought, well, I've got to put it up for sale and then try and find a rental or, you know, my family's going to be out on the street. It's actually nice to know there's a way, there's a place to turn to get some relief. Um, even when it comes to, you know, the, the death and funeral expenses, palliative care, disability, like the fact that, that it exists, that you can access your super for that. Um, I think it's important to share those things. I agree with you in a sense that super shouldn't just be touched willy-nilly it is really important to ensure it does sit there for a long period of time to build that retirement wealth i was also frustrated during covid when the ato and the government came out and went yep cool i think was it, you could access ten thousand dollars twice one in one financial year one in the next correct yeah yeah so there was quite quite and of course, frustration also came from clients not contacting us first to at least have the conversation, you know, financial advisor or tax advice on that. Um, I think there's numbers where if you're in your late 20s or early 30s, $10,000 in super equates to almost $100,000 in super when you get to retirement age. Mm -hmm. So for those people that went, oh, great, this is a great opportunity to get my, you know, 10, 20 grand out of super because I can and there's not really much I have to do to prove it. That $20,000 that's now no longer in super has dropped your retirement savings by possibly $200,000 when you get to retirement age. That is a huge difference in what's going to be there. So I think while this is all great to know, it needs to be a last resort and really needs to be, I think you there should be some good parameters and steps in place to show that, you know, it's your last resort. Hopefully it's not something that's easy for people to kind of tick a few boxes and release out of super and kind of go about their way. Yeah, and I'm, I'm the same. I, I think I, I'm glad you brought these items up because, again, you don't want anyone to go into poverty or severe trauma mm. based on where you can access super, but it is a last resort. And I think in that situation, it is your money. Mm. At the end of the day, it is your money. Mm. So I go... Mm. Uh, why wouldn't you have access if, if there's great hardship poured upon a family mm. in some way? So I think that's um, it's humane, basically. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's actually a really good way of putting it, um, for for sure. And yeah, I think we all we all we all know the consequences. Um, but I think yeah, to your point, Jase, the difference between having a roof over your head or not, um, you know, it's humane to give people access to their money, Marty, you're spot on. Mm. And look, they don't make it easy. Um, I know that for a fact because I've been involved trying to, to access it for clients. And different super funds have different rules. So it's important to remember that if you're, if you're with a particular super fund and they don't allow access, it's very easy to move your super to another fund. 
um, and another fund that might allow access. And I've just got an example here for Australian Super. I just thought I'd give people um, a bit of an understanding. But um, financial hardship is different to compassionate grounds. So we've, I've talked about the reasons for compassionate grounds. Financial hardship um, could be just not having the ability to meet your living expenses versus the property scenario I gave under compassionate grounds. Mm-hmm. Um, financial hardship, you have to be um, in re- uh, be receiving government payments for, for 26 weeks. So if you're on welfare, I guess, or government welfare, once you've hit 26 weeks, um, that means you can then apply for financial hardship. Anyone who hasn't gone through that process doesn't. Um, and it basically means that you can't meet your living or family expenses or your family's living expenses. And then Australian Super have their own rules on it. Um, if you've experienced financial hardship for some time, um, you can access one payment of up to $10,000 gross in a 12-month period. If you haven't received a financial hard, um, hardship payment from any super fund within the last 12 months, so you can't just keep switching funds and getting a hardship payment. Yeah. Um, you've received Commonwealth income support payments for a continued period of 26 weeks. So if you've you've never been on um, government support, then they don't think you would class as financial hardship, which I kind of understand because the assumption is you've probably been working, you should have some savings. Um, You receive these payments when you make your application for payment under financial hardship um, and it goes on to a few other things. But I think... What I'm trying to get across here is that different funds have a few different uh, reasons and some make it harder than others. So just understand that you can move funds if you need to, to get access. Um, Some other things that aren't necessarily compassionate, terminal medical condition. So, you know, you're terminally ill and a doctor has provided evidence that you are terminally ill. Uh, What's the point in having, you know, 600,000 in super for 30 years time if you've got 18 months to live? So mm. if you are terminally ill, you can access your super. Is there, is there a timeline on that, Nick? So yeah, you said terminal. So as long as it's a diagnosis that you've got X amount of time left, whether it does need to be less than 12 months, less than 24 months or? I don't know the answer to that um, mm. without looking at it, but my yeah. assumption is it wouldn't matter. I think yeah. if you're terminal, you're terminal. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, I don't, I don't think it would matter. Mm. Um, permanent incapacity. Um, so you don't have, you know, you actually can't earn an income anymore and you've got the ability then to access your super as an income stream or take it out as a lump sum. Um, and obviously we spoke about medical treatment but that you can't afford, but one of the interesting ones that not many people know is one of those is actually, uh, going through the IVF process. So wow. there is a particular company that specializes in assisting you access your super. If you are looking to start a family and you are going through IVF. And you have to be legitimately going through IVF, as in you have medical uh, med- medical issues, which means you've reverted to IVF, not just choosing to go there. Um, but you can actually access your super. I think for a lot of people, IVF um, is is out of, is out of reach because of the cost. It's not cheap, particularly when you've got to keep going back to the well. So <clears throat> there are companies that can assist you, or there's one particular company that can assist you access your super for IVF, which I think is great um, for young people looking to start a family. Um, thoughts on the IVF? Because it's it's not a common, um, not many people know about it unless they, they've been through IVF themselves. Um, but I think broadly most of the, the population wouldn't be aware of that. Yeah, I've seen, a, I've seen a client draw some pretty big chunky lump sums of money out of their company 
and when I had, qu- had to ask the question, like, can I, what's going on? I was a little bit worried and uh, the client opened up and said they were, they were payments to go through the IVF process and it, and it left their company in quite a, a difficult financial situation that was quite hard to claw back from. So I think, yeah, that's, that's great to know that that is available. And, you know, for someone who wants to start a family and has medical issues that prevent that from happening naturally, I think... It's a fantastic use of, as as Marty and you have touched on before, that's your money anyway. It's just timing of when you get to access it. I think the IVF thing's fantastic. You know, it's uh, you're investing in life. I think yeah. there's no better there's no better investment really. Uh, what about if a child is sick? Does that come under? Is it just the um, the person with the super, or let's say there's because there's a lot of uh, parents out there that really have some seriously ill children. That cost a lot of money on that same pretense. Yeah. On um, is does that apply for the kids as for well? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. De- um, anyone that's dependent. So you yep. know, it could be your wife, your husband. Um, yep. Or anyone who's dependent, and dependent means anyone who's financially dependent on you. On you. Yeah. So yeah, definitely that would be your children, without a doubt. That that's a really important one to bring up because I just over the journey so many times, similar Jace, you see. You know, money coming out of a business account and why is that happening? Oh, we've had real problems with our child and in sickness and, you know, we have to, we have to sort that out. So, yeah, that's, that's great to know for people. The only other thing to, to think about is there is there's tax consequences as well. So if, you're, if you are drawing money, Jace, you might know a bit more about this than I do, but if you are drawing money out of your super, there are tax consequences because you're taking that out as an income. Um, it will depend on a few things. It'll depend on your age and your income bracket and also whether the super money you're bringing out is taxed or untaxed. Um, and what I mean by that is if you've, um, let's say you've put your super in from your employer um, and you've received a tax deduction for that, that will have different tax attached than, okay, my super money has gone in from my employer but I've also got an extra $5,000 this year that I've already paid tax on. I now want to contribute that to super. You've already paid tax on that money, so the money's already been taxed. Um, so that's something to remember. What you pull out will be taxed and it will be different for each individual. And as always, you'll need to get your own advice on that. But um, Jace, any high level advice on that? Definitely difference for everyone based on, yeah, the tax-free component and the taxable component of the super fund. Again, depending on a whole myriad of factors, but generally money within the fund, the investment earnings taxed at 15 cents to the dollar, the contributions your employer puts in taxed at 15 cents to the dollar. So that makes up your tax component. But if you've at some point in your life put in your, your own after-tax dollars um, and built up your super fund in different ways, there may be different elements. And mm. again, if you're taking it out closer to retirement age versus taking it out when you're younger due to financial hardship, there'll be different taxable amounts and whatever was untaxed may then fall into your marginal tax rate, depending on other offsets as well that are applied. Yeah, Everyone's circumstance will definitely be different though. Yeah. So again, you know, this is an absolute last resort, but I think it's important that people understand options out there. You know, we've talked about um, tax debts and the importance of communicating with the ATO. If you've got a tax debt, we've talked about um, having uh, home loan um, problems, as in home loan repayment problems, the importance of communication and how lenders are actually being lenient now and will talk to you and will help you through a rough time because they don't want to see um, your house up for sale. It's the last thing they actually want. 
So I think it's important given, you know, some people are struggling out there with all of the interest rate rises and not just that, you've also got just general inflation and cost of goods. People need to be aware of the options that are there and make sure that you're doing everything you can to understand what your different options are. Don't put your head in the sand. Um, there are there are ways out there um, and there are options out there. So if that is you and you're thinking, you know, this is something that you might need help with, happy to have a chat as well if you want to get in touch. Um, but I think it's also good to, to arm our listeners with this kind of information because it might not be them, but it might be friends, family um, that are having issues and they can say, hey, do you know this option's out there? So, yeah, I thought it was just something different to bring up. Um, and I think it's it's relevant given um, you know some some people are struggling and are going to continue to struggle into 2024. Yeah, it's fantastic content, Nick. Actually, it's um, like I said, it, it just gives you. We talk a lot about you know investing well and creating upsides, but again, you need to know. You know, sometimes life do go off the tracks, and you need to be able to know what to do in those circumstances as well. So I think it's it's great content would help. A lot of people out there that need it. You know, there's nothing better than having a financial advisor that you can turn to, ask questions that you can trust. And we've touched on it in so many episodes that having a financial advisor doesn't have to be expensive. It's not out of reach for everyday people who, you know, they've got some money sitting in super and they're not even looking at it. So I would stress that if you haven't reached out to Innovate, this is your opportunity to check out Innovate, I-N-O-V-A-Y-T.com.au. Just get in touch with the team and have a convo about what's happening in your super what insurances you've got and what are your options if you are feeling a bit stuck there there are people that care and that will guide you through this so reach out nick marty the team and innovator there for you and as are we here at the numbers game until next time game over 